Thank you so much for joining us today. We would love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment and visit NBCOcala.com stories to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to help support the ministry financially, you can give online or through our mobile giving app. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Um, let's welcome our internet audience. We all clap and welcome them with us. Thank y'all for being with us tonight. It's going to be a good night. Well, let's get started. Um, I have a couple things I want to share with y'all tonight. Uh, Infuse right now, if you have a high schooler or middle schooler, um, we are in a series called Be Blank. And uh, it's our summer series, and we're talking about different things uh, that God has called us to be. Last uh, week, Pastor Ryan kicked it off, and it was about Be Hungry. Now, some of you are like, I don't want my kids to be hungry. They eat all the food already. I need them to be not hungry. They need to be full. But it was more than just food. We were talking about uh, being hungry for the Word of God and how that is our nourishment throughout our day and how that can sustain us and carry us and guide us and lead us. And tonight, he's talking about be committed. And uh, if you've been in the world for any time, you know that teenagers need to know that they need to be committed, right? I mean, I hear about them like starting jobs and I'm like, how's your new job going? I know this has been your first week. Like, yeah, I quit. I'm like, you quit? I'm like, you had it one week. You probably didn't even make it through orientation. What do you mean you quit? Man, it was just tough. They wanted me to be there at eight and they didn't let me out till five and they wanted me there five days a week. And I'm like, like on Dumb and Dumber, I'm like, that's called a job, right? I'm like, so they're learning tonight about being committed. And uh, next week, I'm going to share with them uh, part of what I'm going to share with us tonight. And it's about being aware. And so uh, that's kind of our summer series, Infuse and Fuse JV. Um, if you have your Bibles, I want you to open up it to um, John. I guess I don't know why I'm using paper. I got my iPad right here. Technology. Um, open up your Bibles to, to the book of John. And we're going to be looking in uh, chapter 19. If you have your iPad or your iPhone, you can use the Bible app. We have our notes on there with our live events. You can just hit the events tab, and then it shows you a map of Ocala. And you see other churches are doing it, but you would select, obviously, Meadowbrook. And you'll see some notes on there. Um, you also have, we'll have it on the screen if you don't have a Bible or a phone or whatnot. Um, but if you didn't know, I was born and raised here in Ocala. Um, any, anyone else born and raised here in the great city of Ocala? Only a couple of y'all. Y'all are all, where are y'all from? <laughs> Miami, New York. Everyone's from New York. Everyone I talk, oh, I'm from New York. I talk to kids now, they're like, yeah, I'm from New York. They start talking with an accent. I'm like, oh, when did you move to Ocala? Oh, when I was one? I'm like, listen. I'm like, I hate to break it to you. I know you're holding strong to New York, but you're from Ocala, all right? You're just, just embrace it. You're from Ocala. But I was born and raised here in Ocala. Uh, I, I grew up at this church. I've been on staff for about six years now. Uh, but being born and raised in a city, um, you tend to know like all the back roads, right? You have, you have the main streets of like 17 and 27 and 40 and 200. But then like if the, the traffic is really bad, like in, in the wintertime, when all of our friends from the north come down and they just, they, they're, they're good drivers. They're just learning and it's just like, I, I, I take the back roads everywhere. So I'm like all over in here and there out there and, and I find my way around. And my wife, she's only been here in Ocala for six years. And so she's still learning the back roads. So she'll get confused for like when we end up somewhere and she's like, how did we even get here? And I'm like, babe, just leave it to me. I got this. All right. Just, just sit down and relax. And, and the thing that she gets frustrated about is like, Ocala, it's like, it's not the super hardest place, I think, to navigate, but we kind of make it tough on people. <laughs> I guess not. I guess it is hard. But we make it tough on people by the way that we name our streets, right? We just give them numbers. No names, just numbers. 
And then if that's not hard enough, we're going to give it multiple numbers. So it's 1727, and now it's Pine, and then it changed to Mary Camp, and then you're going to go to 200. So my wife gets frustrated. She's like, I'll just let you drive. But then she likes to direct me how to drive in case I forgot. But it's just, it's just a partnership. But I'm, I'm sometimes amazed to find um, when I'm driving of places that, that I come across um, that are new to me. Like, you know, being born and raised in a place, you think you know everywhere that there is to be in Ocala. But I'm kind of amazed at the times that I, I come and I become aware of a new place. And it's not that the place is new. It's not that it was just remodeled. It's that I was just never aware of it. Like, I didn't know that there was a Pepsi Cola uh, distribution center. And it's this little white old building. Looks like it's from the 60s. And I didn't find it until I was like going to the U-Haul to rent a U-Haul. And like I said, it's not like it was new. It's not like it was remodeled. It was just that I was never aware. Because if you're like me, you get in your car and you can only focus on three things. The road, the people around you, and your phone. And you have, you have a limited focus factor, right? I mean, you can't, you can't give attention to the things that are on left and right. You got, you got your phone. You got text. I'm just kidding. I don't text. I got kids. I, I'm not going to text and drive sometimes. But... But you're just not, you're not aware. And maybe that's happened to you. Maybe you've been, maybe you had to go to a, a doctor's office or you met a friend at a, at a restaurant that you'd never been at and you get there and you're like, oh, I just, I never knew this place was here. But the truth was you passed it probably a million times in your travel, but you just were not aware. This also comes up in our life when we uh, forget important dates or appointments. Guys, maybe you've been there, you've maybe forgot about uh, one of the big three. No, you haven't? Okay. So guys, if you're married, there's, there's big three. There's, there's your anniversary, there's her birthday, and then there's Mother's Day, right? And you know that a guy forgets when he comes home and there's a gift on the table and he's like, oh, honey, a gift for me. Oh, snap. <laughs> and in his mind, he's thinking, what holiday did I forget right now? And know, know this, if you forget one of those days, it's going to cost you a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of I'm sorry's, a lot of flowers, a lot of fill in the blank because you forgot a big three. Now, now was, was one of those dates, was it not important to you? No, it was important. What was the love of your life? Was she important? Of course. But you just simply weren't aware of the date that came up. You were maybe too busy with work or the kids or maybe after uh, school sports with the kids or whatever it was. And you just simply uh, weren't aware And I think this kind of comes up time and time again in our life. I was looking up definitions for aware, and here's here's one of them for tonight. And it says this, to be concerned and well-informed about a particular situation or development. To be concerned and well-informed about a particular situation or development. And I feel that when it comes to awareness, uh, awareness and compassion go hand in hand. I'm going to say that again. Awareness and compassion go go hand in hand. You can't be compassionate about someone or some cause or something if you're not aware of it. And I think that happens a lot in our lives. Like we're we're just simply not aware of something. Then we find out, oh, there's, there's parts in Africa that don't have clean water and we become aware of it. And then we have compassion. And we're going to look in in the Bible tonight about how, where, where Jesus has all these examples where he's compassionate about something because he becomes aware of it. And I think the tension that, kinda, that we face is, well, why should we be aware? And who should we be aware of? Why should we be aware? And who should we... we who, I'm going to get some water. We'll try this again. Why should we be aware? And who should we be aware 
of. And, and sometimes we like to answer the why and then we look at the who. But I think tonight we're going to look at the who. And I think it's going to make it pretty plain and simple, the why. So is everyone in uh, the book of John? Yes, some of us, five of us, four of us. Let's go. John, we're going to look in uh, John chapter 19. And we're going to pick up in verse 25. John 19, verse 25. And prior to to this verse that we get to, uh, we see Jesus who is uh, abandoned by his disciples, actually betrayed by one of them, turned over to the government, taken from trial to trial to trial throughout the night. He's then beaten, mocked, stripped of his clothes, and nailed to a cross. And that's where we pick up in verse 25, and it says this. Standing near the cross were Jesus' mother and his mother's sister, Mary, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, Dear woman, here is your son. And he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. Look at how it uh, states it in the Amplified Bible. It says, But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother, his mother's sister, and Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. So Jesus, seeing his mother, notice that, seeing his mother, and the disciple whom he loved, he's talking about John, he's standing near, he said to his mother, Dear woman, look, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple John, look, here is your mother. Protect and provide for her. From that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. And the reason I point out this verse is that you see Jesus who has been through a lot. Like imagine your Monday times a billion, and that's probably where, where Jesus is at. He's just been through the worst day ever. And he's been beaten and mocked and, and almost crucified. And, and yet in his state on the cross, he looks down and he sees his mother and he sees John. And in his awareness, he has compassion on, compassion on his mom. Because he's, he's imagining, man, what is she going through right now? Like, I know I'm here, but, but he has an awareness on his family and says, Hey, John, um, I, I'm obviously about to die, and I, I need you to take care of my mom. And mom, this is now your son. And we see multiple times in the Bible where Jesus has an awareness and a compassion for his family. And that's our first point for tonight is that, that God has called us to also to have an awareness and a compassion for our family. In John 11, um, we see uh, that Jesus has this friend named Lazarus. And maybe you've heard the story if you've been in church for some time. But Lazarus has these two sisters, Mary and Martha. And it's the same Mary and Martha that we uh, read about before where Martha was like the busybody working and, and Mary was the lazy one, right? I, that's what I like to think because I'm like a Martha. So I'm like, oh, Mary was just lazy, right? She was... But she's listening to Jesus, you know, talk and all that stuff. Uh, but it's those, those same women, the same Mary and Martha. And Lazarus uh, gets to a point where he gets really sick. And not just like a headache or, or like a bad doctor's report, but sick to the point of death. And so Mary and Martha, they call out to Jesus and, and send word to him because he's in a, a different town. And they say, hey, uh, tell Jesus that, that his friend Lazarus is really sick. So Jesus is out healing people and ministering to people in a different town. And he eventually makes his way back to the town that Lazarus is at, uh, but it turns out that it's too late, and Lazarus dies. Now, Martha, remember, Martha, she is uh, the type of woman who tells you how she feels, right? She holds nothing back. Uh, she's like your typical, like, New York woman, right? She's like, hey, this is how it is. Uh, I'm just going to give it, you know, no sugarcoating, right? In the South, we're, 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 we sugarcoat things. We're, we're passive-aggressive, but that's the thing I like about New Yorkers. Like, you know where, where you stand with a New Yorker. They're just going to tell you. If they really like you, they like you. If not, they don't, right? They're just going to tell you. 
But Martha's like that. And she doesn't wait until Jesus gets back to the house. She doesn't wait till Jesus gets back to the neighborhood. She meets Jesus on the outskirts of town to let her know how she feels. And she meets Jesus and she says, hey, um, you know that if you were here, my brother would still be alive. That's Jesus she's talking to. Basically what she's saying hey, is, hey, Jesus, because of you, my brother's dead. And I, I think what's important of, what, of how Jesus responds is how he doesn't respond. He doesn't say, whoa, woman, like, do you know who I am? Like, I am the son of God. I could get angels to pick you up and drop you in that water over there, and there'd be no more Martha, right? They'd scratch you out of the Bible. <laughs> they would. I mean, they would, right? No. But he doesn't do that. In his, in his uh, awareness, he, he looks at Martha, and he sees the state that she's in, the state of confusion, probably some depression, anger. She's sad. I mean, she just had her brother die, and, and she had the solution right here in Jesus who, who showed up late, you know? And so, man, she is going through all these emotions, and Jesus, in his awareness, shows compassion. He says, hey, today we're going to raise Lazarus from the dead. And so they start walking to the grave, and Mary joins them. And what's cool is that when, when you get to the point where Jesus is approaching the grave, uh, he's even moved with compassion. I mean, here's Jesus. He knows what he's about to do. He knows that Lazarus is about to raise from the dead. But yet he's so moved with compassion uh, that we see him crying over his friend. And he kind of pauses and regroups and looks to God and says, Hey, God, I I want you to be glorified in this. Would you help me in raising Lazarus from the dead so that these people would believe that I'm the son of God? And he calls Lazarus out, of, uh, Lazarus out of the grave and he comes out probably looking like a mummy and all this stuff. And it's just really kind of a, a cool moment. But we see through that is that, that Jesus had uh, awareness and compassion not only on his family with Mary, but also with his friends. And that's number two. Jesus is aware and compassionate towards his friends and he's calling us to do the same. And I know when when you think about that, like, okay, I know I'm supposed to be aware and compassionate of my my friends and my family. It's kind of like a a basic instinct. I don't need you to tell me that. Um, I I already knew it. But but don't think that just because you know something that you're doing it, right? I mean, I know I should, and you know you should always obey the speed limit, right? (laughs) Raise your hand if you broke the speed limit in the past year. Come on, God's watching you, (laughs) Right? We know every day that, that we should eat healthy, that we shouldn't eat those double stack burgers from wherever, but I still do, right? We know we should exercise daily. We know that we should read the Bible daily, and sometimes we don't. But just because we know it doesn't mean we're doing it. And so the same with, with us and, and being aware and compassionate uh, with our family and our friends, just because we know to do it doesn't mean we're always doing it. And don't equate the fact that uh, you put your kids in Christian school or you put clothes on their back or a roof over their head. That's what I always say. I'm like, I put the roof over the head and the food in your mouth. Listen to me, right? But that doesn't mean I'm being aware and compassionate. Even having our kids here in church, which is super commendable. Like you're, you're taking a big step, but don't equate I bring my kids to church with that I'm aware and compassionate towards them. Because awareness goes beyond just seeing. Awareness goes beyond just doing the right thing. Awareness is on a whole nother level. And we're going to see as we continue on how Jesus becomes aware of the people around him. Uh, If you're still in your Bible, will you turn with me to uh, Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10 and Matthew chapter 8. Now, I want to, while you are turning there, I want to do a little illustration 
with this about the, the family and friends and how we think because we, we know to do something doesn't mean we're necessarily doing it. I want to show you a picture, but I'm not going to show you the whole sentence. I'm only going to show you half the sentence, and I want to see if you can tell me what it says. I may even have like 20 bucks, or I may not. As they, So there we go. Okay, you got it? You see it? Now, y'all are pretty smart, so just someone throw out... So throw out Jumping to conclusion. And, and you, you, I would ask you, like, well, how do you even know that? You're only seeing half of it. You don't know the whole thing. And you're like, yeah, but I know what I see. And I've seen this sentence before. I know how to put words together. But the answer is actually. For real, right? Jumping to conclusions is exactly what you did. It's exact, And that, that wasn't like a trick. Like, go back to the other slide so they believe me. Watch, it's just cut off. Now show it again. See? But yet we, we know, oh, well, we know, I know how my kids are. I know how they be, th- their behavior equals this, and this is this, and I'm aware, and I'm compassionate. But just like that little mind game, it's like you don't really know sometimes. Like we think we know because we see half the story, or we see uh, the, the fruit in their lives, but maybe we don't always know the root. And I'm not just talking about, about your kids. Uh, I'm also talking about, you know, your spouse, how they respond to certain things. Like, don't think that you're aware and compassionate just because you can uh, diagnose their behavior. I think it goes to another level. All right, are you in Mark 10? All right, some of you, I want you to stay in Mark 10. Some of y'all, y'all can turn to Matthew chapter 8. We're going to look at the third uh, people group that I feel God has called us to be aware and compassionate towards. Mark 10, we'll look there, and then we'll go to Matthew chapter 8. We're in Mark 10, verse 13. And it says this, it says, one day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. Matthew chapter 8 verse 1 says this. Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said. Be healed and instantly the leprosy disappeared. Now, these two groups that we kind of see are um, kind of looked at as less than, or kind of inferior, almost kind of a, a nuisance, or kind of in the way. You got the children there who are, who are brought by the parents, and the disciples. Now, they, remember, these are the people that are like the first church planners ever. Like, they're responsible for starting and spreading the, the Christian religion throughout. Like, those people, like people that I look up to, you know, I, I want to be like, uh, they shun the little children. And Jesus becomes aware of this and says, hey, 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 bring the children to me. He says, I'm aware of the child and not just the child, uh, but the potential in a child, the potential that, that lies within them. They're the future leaders and, and, and the generations to come. And don't, don't shun them, bring them to me. And then you have the case uh, with the guy with leprosy. Now, leprosy um, back then was, was a skin disease, and, and when you had it, it was contagious. And so as a leper, you were kind of, you know, pushed to the side. 
right? Like, don't come near us healthy people. Don't get us sick. Don't, come, don't touch. And, you know, some even thought that it was, it was a curse. Like, if you had leprosy, you were cursed by God. So not only was it the physical thing of like, hey, don't touch me. I don't, I don't want that. But it was like, oh, look, that person's cursed. And what does Jesus do? He, he's not scared by the person with leprosy. He's not intimidated. When, when they get close, he doesn't kind of like back up because the guy kind of like approaches out of nowhere. But instead, he, he kind of stops and becomes aware of him. In both cases, he, he's aware of the children and, and the parents, and he's aware uh, of the guy with leprosy. And in his compassion, he blesses the children and he heals the leper. Now, in our world, what that looks like to us is that there's people all around us, whether you live in Ocala, Donellan, Bellevue, wherever you live, there's people all around us that are, that are looked upon as less than, as less fortunate, as unfortunate, as uh, maybe they're homeless, maybe they're sick, maybe they really don't have any friends. Just a, a people group that, that people would see as, you know what, I'm not, you don't really have anything to add value to my life, so if you could just stay over there, that would be great. Like, I'll, I'll donate some money or whatever, but just kind of... You stay over there and I'm going to live my life here. But, but God hasn't called us to that. God has called us to not only be aware, but to be compassionate. And, and to be aware, it, it goes beyond seeing. Because look, I, I can see you, but I'm not really aware of you. I'm not really aware of, of your personal situation. I'm not aware of your history, of your life, of, of things maybe you're going through. So don't equate like, oh, I see the homeless person and I gave him a dollar and so I'm, I'm being aware, right? No. It's beyond that because you see with your eyes, but you're aware with your heart. You're aware with the Holy Spirit on the inside of you telling you things that, that maybe you would never know. Like, have you ever been offended by someone who, like, someone, like, just freaked out on you and, like, you're like, uh, okay, and you, you really don't know what to do. Like, maybe they offended you or said something bad or freaked out when you asked them a question. And maybe it wasn't even till, till weeks or months or even years later that you found out that something happened to them as a kid or something happened in that day um, that has caused them to respond in the way that they did to you. And it, it was an awareness that took maybe days, weeks, or months to find out. But man, when you have the Holy Spirit on the inside, when you're communicating with him, he will take what you see and cause you to become aware. And he'll say, hey, hey, don't respond to that person like that. You, you don't know what they're going through. Let me, let me kind of teach you with that. And I, I have that trouble in traffic. Like everyone can just... <laughs> I know I talk about, a lot about driving, probably because I'm a bad driver, because I speed more than I should. But sometimes, man, I get, I get so short-tempered with people when they're in my way. Why? Because it's all about me. I got to get to work. I got to preach the word, so y'all need to get out my way, right? <laughs> I'll even throw the Bible in there, right? But, but even as I was driving today, I, I felt like the Holy Spirit convicted me. He was like, hey, you're about to preach about being aware, but you are not aware of anyone, right? You're aware of me, myself, and I. And that's a silly example, but man, people you come in contact with every single day at your work, in your neighborhood, in the grocery store, people you see at the gym, um, there, there needs to be an awareness in us from the Holy Spirit. And maybe that starts with a conversation of saying, hey, God, uh, first of all, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man, for plowing through my day, caring about me and my kids and my life and my dreams and my 401k and my finances and blah, 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 and not caring about the people that you've put in front of me. God, forgive me of that. And, and God, I ask that, Lord, in this, in this day, Lord, would you open not just my physical eyes, but my spiritual eyes. Would you open my heart? God, would you help me to become aware of the people around me? Would you help me to minister 
to the people around me. Because people that are less than or even people in our lives, man, they need to know that they are loved by God. And they need to know that they are loved from the people that say they love God. Right? Some people that you know, that they won't step foot in a church because they were burned or they were scolded or, or they got dirty looks uh, on, on when they came into church or someone told them that they were in their seat. Right? Like, I, I don't see anyone's names on their seat. But somehow we think we have our own seats. Right? And so people are, are burning and offended by the church or by people that, that love God. And then they need you. Point to yourself. Say me. me. Say they need me. They need me to, to show them the love of God. They need me to be aware of their situation. And not just aware, but they need me to have compassion on them. Again, seeing with your eyes will trick you all the time. There's this picture I want to show you real quick. And uh, you probably think I'm like a magician on, on with my side time. Um, but we got two, two blocks, right? And, and, and your eyes would tell you that the top color is and the bottom color is white, right? You, you don't have to go get your eyes checked. This is not a trick, although you, you'll kind of be tricked in a moment. But what I've learned that is that, that your eyes and your brain uh, have been along for 15, 20, 30, 40, maybe longer years. And you've created patterns and shortcuts in your brain to tell your brain, hey, when I see shadows, I know that these are two different colors. But actually, if I told you the same co- they were the same color, you'd either think I'm a magician or this is witchcraft. And I promise you, it's neither. But see, if you take out these shadows, these are, this color right here and this color right here are the same thing. And I promise you, because look, I, I edit out the two squares, show them the answer, and they're the same color. Wait for a second. Is it, this box came from there, not a trick. This box came from there. Same color. And I didn't believe it either. I was sitting there watching the TV. I'm like, these people are tricking me. They want my money. So I went online. I printed up the picture. I lied to you not. I still didn't believe it. I cut out the squares by myself. And I'm like, it still don't make sense. And I put the squares together, and it's the same color. You can go home and watch. There's this new episode or this new thing called Brain Games where it tells you about your brain. This was on the first episode, and I watched it. I'm like, hey, that's perfect for my message. And that makes me not trust my eyes anymore, right? Because we're always about, hey, I'll believe it when I see it. When now you see it and you still don't believe it, you're all like. <laughs> but, but if you trust your eyes, you sometimes will be fooled. But man, when you trust the Holy Spirit and, and the leading of him, you'll never be fooled. And people may fool you. You may, you may be compassionate towards someone and they may fall back into their their ways uh, of the flesh, and you think, man, I'll never be fooled by them again. And then we start thinking, well, I'm not going to be compassionate again. And we start creating stereotypes about people. You see it all the time with, with parents who have kids who, who get lost to drug addiction. And, and they, they fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. Fool me three times, there's a rap song about that. I won't fill you in on the lines. But, you know, we, we don't let it happen on the fool me three times. Right? We, we, we lose compassion because we say, hey, you're not, once you get your life together, then, then we'll, we'll talk. But man, we, have to, we can't be led with our eyes. Because like I said, we'll be fooled time and time again. God is calling you to be aware of your friends, your family, and those less fortunate. And awareness, it doesn't stop there. It, it goes from awareness 
to compassion. And those three, three or four passages we saw of Jesus, man, that's just a snippet of who he is. If you look in the Bible, you see time and time again, he is aware and he is compassionate. He is aware, he's compassionate. He's aware that the people are hungry, so he feeds 5,000 of them with some bread and some, some toast, right? He's aware uh, that they're sick, and so he heals them. He's aware that they're dead, and he has compassion and raises them from the dead. He's aware that, that a woman at the well um, really just needs to know that she's valued. And he, he speaks to her soul and says, hey, you know, I, I, I know your past, but hey, I, I'm Jesus, and I'm here to forgive you of your sin. And I, I wrote this line to, to close out, and I don't want to mess it up, so I'm just going to read it right from the iPad. It says this, it says, when you know that God is aware of you and has compassion on you, you are more ready to be aware of others and have compassion on them. When you, I'll say it again, because it's good for me. When you know that God is aware of you and that God has compassion on you, you are more ready to be aware of others and have compassion on them. I mean, it goes back to that verse where it says, you know, the greatest commandment, love God and love others. Well, it starts with loving God. And when you love God, you start to realize that he loves you. And then you can have that, that love for others. But if you don't believe God loves you, why would you care about other people, right? Why would you care about what, what they're going through? Man, I'm, I'm selfish enough. But if I know that God has a compassion and an awareness of me, he knows where you're at, he knows uh, where you've been, he knows that you're not maybe where you want to be financially or physically or, or socially or, or relationally or whatever. He, he's aware of where you're at. And he has compassion to just love you for you. He doesn't love you because you read your Bible this morning. He doesn't love you because you didn't read your Bible this morning. He, he loves you because that is who he is. God is love. And it's those simple things that we're like, oh, John 3.16 and God is love that, that we learn in Sunday school and then we, we tell our friends who are first saved. Uh, but sometimes I think we lose the meaning of them. We sometimes lose the power of them. Pastor Tim talks about a friend that he had, Mr. Uh, David Cook, who, who passed away at one point. And uh, in his, his last moments, last times on earth, he said, you know, if, if you can't read John 3.16 and it bring a tear to your eye, Maybe you have hardness of heart. And that's kind of like, oh, I'm like, well, in that case, <laughs> like I, I may be a Pharisee when it comes to that stuff because it's like, but when, when you think about it, man, God so loved the world, he gave his son for you. If it was you in the sanctuary and no one else, he still would have done it. Amen. And that's an awareness and compassion God has on you that should just overflow from the inside of us. And as you, as you think about this in the next couple of days and weeks, and, and we talk about it in Fuse, um, for, for you parents who have students in middle school and high school, I want you to kind of think through this talk, maybe listen to it back on the podcast or the app, and, and start the dialogue with your kids. Ask them how they can be aware. Because just like in, in the scripture we see, and, and sometimes with a lot of social justice, sometimes kids can be more aware than we can. Right? Because we're concerned with bills and food on the table and daycare and college tuition and this and this and this and this. That sometimes kids just have, just have an awareness and, and a keenness to see, hey, something's not right. This, this kid in Africa has no clean water, yet I'm wasting water as I jump into a pool. Like something's, something's not right. 
So as the next couple weeks come, man, think about some, some conversations you can have with your, with your students and, and, and allow that to be just kind of a continuation from what we take here to what you take home with you. And if you don't have any students, pray for those parents, right? Odds are you have maybe some kids that have grown up and, and you know that the struggle it is to have a middle schooler and high schooler. I don't in my own home. I mean, I have all yours uh, once or twice a week, but I don't know what it's like at home. I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and that's, that's a phase in and of itself. And y'all laugh because you know what I'm in right now. But man, take, take what, we, what we learned together and let it be the continuation at home. And I feel that as you become more aware of your family and your friends and those less fortunate, man, God is going to give you a compassion like you never knew about. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.